You're listening to the Inspired Legacy Podcast on the Edify Podcast Network. This is episode 91. Put God first. Hey guys, if you're new here, I want to welcome you. My name is Mark. I'm your host and founder of the Inspired Legacy, where we strive to equip and inspire you to leave a godly legacy. Today's show is brought to you by Clicksable. Every business has a unique story to share, and Clicksable can help equip you with the content you need to share your story and build your brand. Visit Clicksable.com to learn more. And guys, I'd like to humbly ask that if you're a fan of the show, if you get anything out of today's message and today's conversation, please take five minutes to leave a rating and review on whatever podcast you're listening to this on right now. And also, don't forget to check out the show on YouTube. And while you're there, while you're watching, be sure to hit the like and subscribe buttons. And there's going to be a link for all of this stuff in today's show notes. Okay, today I'm talking with Joe Prim. He's the host of the Heroes Wanted podcast and the author of the book Open, Six Life-Changing Principles That Are Easy to Implement But Difficult to Master. And in this conversation, Joe unpacks these principles and talks about how they came to him during his own season of feeling stuck in life and how these same principles can not only help you get unstuck, but stay unstuck by living an engaged life with discipline and purpose. Joe, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Mark. What an awesome pleasure to join you on this podcast and get to hang out with you for a little bit and talk about what I absolutely love to talk about, which is um, men and masculinity and Christianity and how all those things kind of collide into being something really cool if we if we kind of uh, play everything the way that we need to play it. So yeah. really excited to be here. Right on, man. I get excited running across guys like yourself who I know are kind of on the same mission. So I think this is going to be a good discussion. Before we dive in, before we get too much further, uh, tell everybody listening and watching you know, who you are, uh, what you do, and kind of your dad bio, so to speak. Yeah, so been playing around here doing podcasting and stuff for quite a while. I think five years, I got close to 250 episodes under my belt. And that really came out of a, of a time kind of when the, the whole, we'll get into talking about my book here soon. But, you know, I, I grew up in, in the church and grew up um, with some great parents, ended up on the mission field when I was like between 18 and 20, which had a profound change that took place in my life, spending some time in a third world country and really getting a view of what the world looks like compared to what the lower middle class kid growing up Mm -hmm. in the church um, had dealt with. And then leapt back into this crazy country that we live in, And what I fell back into and what I'm realizing more and more, Mark, that I think we're all guilty of falling into and maybe, and I'm not sure, Mark, that it's even a bad thing is this script that we all follow, which is go to school. After school, we go to college or we go to trade school or we or go into the military and all these little little nuances in the script really change from region and culture and family. And then from, from that point, we go on to, to get a job and then we get married and then we have kids. And then we're kind of at the spot where it's like, what's next? 
I, I don't know what more. I followed the script that I was given by my family. I followed the script that was given to me by my culture and by my community. I followed through. Now I'm in my 30s. Where am I at? It, it, was this all I was meant for? Am I meant for more? Is there something more to this life? Or am I just going through the motions here day after day after day after day, Mark, until I retire? And then yeah. when I retire, I get to be like on the TV commercials where it looks like a, a 35-year-old dude with gray dyed hair running the beach and playing Frisbee with his, his wife. And I realized that that was not how I wanted to live and that I had to figure out that there must be something more, Mark, to this life than just going through the motions. Because you follow that script and what you realize is that work and going to a job isn't quite what it was cracked up to be, isn't quite what you were sold. Marriage isn't quite exactly the way it was portrayed and the way you thought it was going to be. Having kids it was great and is an exciting new adventure every day. But again, it's not quite what all these things were sold to you that once you got checked all these boxes on this script, on this to-do list, that everything was magically going to make you content and happy. And for until retirement, you had things set on, on cruise control. So about someplace in the middle there, we, we lost our house in the, in 2008, 2009, when, when things crashed. And for me, that was like the ultimate mark, um, failure, mm. you know, up until that point, I had followed through on that script and everything had pretty much fallen into place the way that it was supposed to, the way it does in the Disney version of the fairy tales. And here I was gigantic failure and we moved into the small little uh, townhouse. And as we prepared to move into the small townhouse, Mark, we've had to throw away a lot of our furniture, furniture that I probably still owed money for. And Ouch. it was the lowest of the low point in my life, Mark, when I saw the neighbors picking through my furniture and taking that to their homes and realizing, man, I have completely failed to be able to just in the littlest thing, be able to secure the shelter, this home that both of my kids were born in for my family. And you fast forward like six months later from that, I got back to work, um, really knocked out all of my goals in a very quick amount of time, Mark. And so these two worlds collided of complete success and total failure. And neither of them brought me to my knees or brought me complete happiness that I thought would come with that success. Mm -hmm. And I started to realize that there must be something more that this life that I was living of just kind of going through the motions, hitting the checkbox week after week, Monday through Friday uh, work, then go uh, Sunday church, Saturday family day, week after week, there had to be something more. And I really started to look at what I was doing in my life and started to um, meditate and think about, you know, different scriptures that I had learned, you know, throughout my childhood and stuff. And one that came to mind was in James, where he talks about praying for wisdom. And I began to pray for wisdom and realize I don't have it figured out. And I, I've been here on this planet for 30 some years and I feel lost. I feel stuck. I don't know where I can move forward. And as I began to make some changes in my life and began to make prayer time and my morning routine 
and time for reading scripture, a priority in my life as I started to make some changes, Mark, in how I reacted, stopped listening to the sports radio and political radio that was, you know, filling my my commute with time of frustration and started filling with audiobooks that I was always learning and thinking and, and stretching myself outside of my comfort zone. And I, I began to pray that God would give me some something to share, that I was learning something in this experience, but I wanted something more. I wanted to be able to share this experience that I was going through to help other men that I knew were in a similar spot. Because you don't have to look far, Mark, to see guys that are just stuck. I, yeah. I don't know really a better word for it. And as I began to pray and think about this, Mark, um, the, the words open came to, to my mind. And I began to play this out in my mind and go back and forth as, as I uh, prayed and thought about the, this idea of being open. And I realized that a lot of the changes that were taking place very rapidly in my life were because I had opened my mind. And then I, as I began to flush out these ideas, I came up with six distinct ideas. And it was open your mind, open your eyes, open your ears, open your mouth, open your heart, and open your arms. And that really became the basis of this idea that ended up being a book years and years later, but was uh, where my original podcast, Ever Vigilant, was was born out of those six principles. Wow. You just unpacked a lot there. Um and this is why I'm so excited to dive into this discussion because so much of what you just described does capture or paint a picture of so many men out there, including myself. Uh, I can relate to a lot of what you just talked about. Your mission speaks to where I was in my, I guess, late twenties. Up until then, I had always had a mission in life, you know, graduate high school, then graduate college. And I got married really young. My wife and I got married when we were 19 and we were parents by the time we were, um, 19, almost 20. And so in college, I was already married with a family. And so the goal of graduating college and then getting a good job was like priority number one. That's like all I was focused on. And then when I achieved it, graduated college, I got a good job. We were able to buy a house. Then it's like, okay, now what? I kind of settled into this, like I plateaued so to speak, I settled into this comfort zone, you know, outside of providing for my family and being a good husband, which are extremely important. Obviously, that's sort of where it stopped for me. I felt like I had reached my goal. I'd settled into a, a comfortable spot of just kind of living and providing, which again are very important, but I wasn't striving for anything greater. And I wasn't leading my family in the ways of the Lord, for sure. I wasn't even living my own life as a Christian. I wasn't a bad dude, but I wasn't, we weren't going to church every Sunday. I wasn't living life according to scripture, wasn't leading my family in that direction. So again, I get, I get excited to talk to men like yourself who are sort of on the same mission as I am, again, to help guys recognize the greater roles and responsibilities of being a husband and a father and leading families to something greater that greater than the world has to offer. So um, yeah, but the life I just described, well, again, not a bad one. It's not the one that leads to growth. And you know, you know, you know, the saying, if you're not growing, you're dying. Right. So I think, uh, we still see a lot of guys stuck, like you said, in society, guys who are feeling lost who live without a roadmap, so to speak, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and I think some guys realize this, but most don't. And that's why you're here. You guys, you help men overcome 
this feeling of being stuck. So lay it on us, man. You already kind of unpacked the six principles in your book and the name of your book is open. Um, but what do guys need to know about, you know, the dangers of living a, a life feeling stuck, lost or uncertain? Yeah, Mark, it, it's good to hear. You always feel like you're in good company when you're like, see, I wasn't the only one that felt that way that kind of came to that, that I, I describe it in my book is like, I came to the edge of a cliff and it was like, is, is this it? Is this all, all I can do? And I remember having that thought in my mind one day as I was like, is, is this it? Is this really it? And I, I kind of came to the conclusion that day that, you know what? Yep. Yeah, this, this is it. I chose my lot in life. I chose my career. I chose my wife. We had our kids. This is kind of it. And it was a real point of um, difficulty for me because we look at our life and we think at one point there, we're looking at all these freedoms that we have and all these things that we can do and want to do. And really, I I talked to in my podcast about the idea of a hero, because as we grow up as boys, we're always thinking about those, those challenges that we're going to overcome and we're going to be the greatest at this. And we spend hours shooting free throws or, or, you know, in the batting cages or, you know, hunting birds or whatever it is that we're doing as we run the neighborhood. And all of a sudden now you're in your twenties or your thirties and you're like, boy, this is, this is not what I expected things to be. And because life is a lot harder than it's portrayed, right? And then what it's sold to us, marriage is while it's fun and rewarding, it's the best of your years of your life. It's extremely hard. Like you got to work at it every single day and be super yep. intentional. Same with raising kids, like raising kids. And now my, um, two of our three kids are grown and out of the house and uh, our oldest daughter's due to have a baby like any day now. So it's like, it's rewarding to see your kids turn into adults and kind of live their own lives. But getting them to that point is painful, man. It's painful. It's rewarding and it's fun. And I don't want to wish time away in any form or fashion, but yeah, it's a lot of work. And so when you find yourself in the grind, it's like, wow, this is it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so the the six principles that I came up with really, like I said, it kind of birthed my original podcast, which was Ever Vigilant. And my idea was I was going to record eight podcasts. I was going to do an intro podcast, Mark. I would do one on each of the principles, do a review, and kind of have this idea off of my back of, of doing this, you know, is often, you know, we think we want to help people. And then when it comes to really rubber hitting the road and you really putting the work in, I was, that was my commitment. And years and years later now I wrote the book, but open your mind is about two distinct ideas. It's so important that we open our mind, Mark, to the fact that the majority of the people around us, Mark, have their own agenda and are lying to us. Mm. And whether those lies are intentional and are, they're purposefully, trying to push us in in a direction that benefits them or whether it's a company trying to sell us their new watch or their new car we're always being influenced by everybody around us and far too few times when we're being influenced do we question why yeah and i think it's really important that we we come up we realize number 1 that everybody that's around us has an agenda Everybody around us has a reason for wanting 
us to do certain things or say certain things or act a certain way or wear a certain type of clothes or, or drive a certain type of car. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we really need to be cognizant of that fact as we make decisions in our daily life. And the other part of open your mind is realizing how often, and this is probably even more important, Mark, we lie to ourselves. And us lying to ourselves brings about death in our lives in so many different ways. Because oftentimes we tell ourselves these little lies that have a huge impact. Like we tell ourselves, my marriage is okay, or my marriage is good. And on the surface, when we say it, we feel better about it. And it seems like a good thing that our marriage is okay. But the reality is if we are not brutally honest with ourselves in those type of things, it leads to the death of our marriage. Because now instead of putting the focus where it needs to be, we lied to ourselves and told us we're okay there, or my relationship with my daughter is okay, or no, we can afford this, or whatever it might be in finances or family or your faith. When we start to lie to ourselves and we become comfortable with lying to ourselves, it becomes a habit. And those habits lead to death. And mm. it leads to the death of your friendships. It leads to the death of your marriage, all because we simply tell ourselves everything's okay or things are good enough. And if we're not cognizant of the fact and constantly, honestly evaluating where we're at, what we're being told by others and what we're telling ourselves, we'll fall into this trap of just recycling these lies over and over again. And then years later, we say, well, I don't know why she left or I don't know why he's not my friend anymore or I don't know why she chose that path to go down for her life. And if we backtracked and again, we were honest with ourselves, we probably could find the point in our life where we knew there was a line, but rather than confronting your daughter when you had the opportunity, the fourth quarter of Monday night football was far too important at that moment. Mm, yeah. And if we're not really focused on, like you said, and really intentional about our marriage and the things that are most important in our lives, they'll walk away from us. And the so the book is broken down into three parts. It's open your mind and open your eyes are really about you. And opening your eyes is being very cognizant of the again of the fact that there are threats around us. Before and you get those, before you get yeah. too far into the open your eyes, I want to go yeah. back um your opening story about when you guys lost your house and you lost your furniture and you were looking at your neighbors go through your stuff. Like that right there was a lie that you were living. You were, yeah. Your success metrics were based on the things that you had. And while it sucks to lose that stuff, and it was painful, I'm sure, your value as a man and a, a husband and a father should not be based on the stuff that it was in your yard that you had to get rid of. Because yeah. I'm sure that you've, you've overcome that now. You've replaced that stuff. It's just stuff, right? And when you die, you can't take it with you. So that stuff, it's not important in the big picture. So that's one lie that we're being told. We get we get caught up in the comparison game of social media, right? And like, well, that guy's doing this and he's got this and he's got this good-looking gal on his side. It's like and then you look at your own life and you compare and then you feel less than. So like and then you look at all the lies that were being sold by the media through big tech, the 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 narrative that's out there. Just go down the list of all the lies that were being sold every day and it's so easy to yeah, I do need that. Yeah, I do need to go buy this thing that I can't afford to make myself feel better. Like those are all lies. Yeah. So I just I wanted to point that out and call that out before you got too much further. No, you're exactly right. And 
if we're not brutally honest with ourselves about that stuff, like you're saying, Mark, it just one lie stacks on top of the other lie stacks on top of the other lie stacks on top of the other lie. And before you know it, you have this life that's just built on top of a foundation of lies. Mm -hmm. And once those things start falling apart, because eventually they will, those lies will always lead to death and destruction always. And once you start to build your life on a foundation of, of lies, at some point it will fall apart. And when it does, it has, it will probably be very, very difficult, very ugly time. And so many of the lies have financial ramifications, right? They, they, they translate to credit card debt in many marriages and a lot of marriages end in divorce because of finances. So if you want a real world scenario of how lies can impact your life and your legacy, there you go. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So with open your eyes, it's, it's about the threats that you see. And and sometimes that's outside physical threats, Mark, you know, knowing your neighborhood, knowing who lives down the street, being able to know what your kids are into, being able to feel that you are set up as good as you can to protect your family, because it's at the end of the day, that's your responsibility. Yeah. Amen. And also at the same time, keeping an eye out for the things in your life that are pulling you in the wrong direction, which for us right now, in this day and age in which we live is really boils down to social media. And like you said, it becomes that comparison game and you're comparing your everyday life to some dude's highlight reel. Of course, you're going to feel like things aren't going well for you. Of course, you're going to feel like somebody else has got everything figured out or somebody else is um, better than you at, at almost everything, but it's all perception. And that guy's got his agenda and his thing that he's trying to sell his idea that he's, of what he wants to put forth to you. So again, it falls back to that idea of being surrounded by lies and it, it's, it's devastating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have to be continually auditing your life, right? Look at all yeah. the habits that you, uh, that you may be, um, that may be part of your life. If you're going out with the buddies, do you know when to say when, or you may be drinking a little too much? Who are you hanging out with in the office? Are they appropriate relationships? And it's really easy to convince yourself that it's okay, but a lot of those situations can take you down a, a dangerous path. Yeah, just so just keeping your eyes open and being self-aware, I think that's a, a key yeah. point. Exactly. And then in the we go into kind of the bridge. And the bridge is the the first two principles are about you and your life. The last two principles are about your family. And then outside of that, the extended your tribe. And in the middle, we have open your uh, ears and open your mouth and two very distinct ends of the spectrum. I mean, two ideas that really contradict one another. And I tell a story in open your ears. That's about my my son. And it was really an eye-opening moment. It was right when I was kind of sorting these ideas of the open uh, principles out in my mind. And we were getting him, uh, he was probably four at the time, and I was kneeling down on the floor and I was getting his little jacket zipped up so we could go out on that fall afternoon to go get, go get lunch. And I asked him, where are you going? 
And he said to the what you want. And it had kind of become a family joke almost to, to because he called he pronounced it rather than a restaurant. He pronounced it as a what you want. <laughs> and I asked him again, I said, where are we going? He said, we're going to the what you want. And, you know, we had been teasing him about it and it kind of become a family joke for quite some time. And as I was kneeling down there, I said, Hey, you know what, bud, why do you call it a, what you want? And he looked at me and he said, because that's what the lady says, dad. She says, what you want. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember thinking how valuable of a lesson was at that, at that moment, because here I was thinking he was saying something wrong. In reality, what you want is probably a better name for it than the restaurant. (laughs) And until I asked the question and listened to his answer, I had no idea what he was trying to say or why he was trying to say it that way. And it really... Hey, just made an incorrect assumption. Exactly. Exactly. And it was easily corrected if we wanted to. But it was pretty cute watching that four-year-old continue to call it a what you want. But having that moment with him and not just figuring in my mind that he was just wrong. He didn't know how to pronounce it. He's just a little boy. Give him some space. That simple question and that simple answer opened up my eyes to the fact that, wow, this is if I listen to what people say, rather than assume that I know what they're going to say, there will be a much different outcome often in these conversations. And it really opened up um, the idea of hearing versus listening. And normally we ask questions, assuming that we know the answer. And in fact, most of the time when we ask a question, we're fairly certain and to the point where we already have our response in the back of our mind of what we're going to say. Mm. And it's very difficult to have real communication or build rapport, build relationships, build trust with other people when you're not really listening to what they say, when you're not really asking the questions to dig deep enough to understand where they're coming from, why they believe what they believe. I really think that uh, there's a trick to digging deeper within people that we don't agree with. And we live in such a fractured culture right now of one direction or the other direction that it's very difficult for us to even get on a, in a place where we can begin to ask why people think that, or where are you coming from, or what, what happened in your life or what were you taught in your life, or who have you listened to that got you to that point to believe what you believe? And I think the more curious that we can get, Mark, the more that we can be honestly curious about what makes people tick, or why they think the things they do, or why they really believe the things they believe, I believe that that's the trick to not getting angry, to Mm. not getting frustrated, to not getting, um, having resentment towards those people for feeling differently or looking at things completely differently than we do. And I think the more curious that we can get in our conversations, the more questions that we can ask, the more that we can try. And again, it's just like marriage or just like with your children. It's that idea of being intentional about listening and hearing somebody out. And once you are to that point where you have listened to somebody, you've heard them out, it offers you then 
an opportunity to open your mouth and to speak why you believe what you believe rather than that immediate judgment. When you give somebody that space to speak their mind, to answer some questions, to dig a little deeper, to honestly, a lot of times you start asking questions and people realize once those answers are coming out of their mouth, maybe how foolish they are or what they're assuming by saying those things. But until they can have a true conversation and not just have somebody else always patting them on the back or somebody else always getting angry with them or frustrated with them, they've never had the opportunity to just express and talk through themselves why they think what they think. And giving them the opportunity to do that and showing somebody the respect to listen to what they have to say opens up an opportunity for you to share why you have the viewpoint you do. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. Yeah, I think it just underscores the importance of approaching any interaction, especially online or if it's a difficult conversation with the, a little humility and certainly yeah. God's grace, right? And then um, just keeping your mouth shut and listening. That takes some self-discipline, some self-control, and it's it's not the path of least resistance in many cases, which I think you see a lot of on social media. Again, it's really easy to uh, be a keyboard warrior when you don't have any of that face-to-face ramifications, right? You'd say things yep. to people online that you would never say face-to-face, but that's that's the path of least resistance. It takes a little bit more discipline, a little bit more intentionality to kind of go into those situations with your your ears open and and to listen and truly hear what they're saying and try to put yourself in their shoes to really gain a better understanding of their perspective. And then you can have a much more meaningful dialogue as a result. Yeah. And, and I think what oftentimes people are scared about doing that, Mark, is they're not that certain in their own beliefs. And they think that if they give somebody else the opportunity to speak, that they might have some questions to answer that they're not certain how they're going to answer. Yeah. But that's I think, part of, go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. I said, that's part of getting yourself outside of your comfort zone. And part of growing is being able to question why you believe what you believe and work that out in your mind and in your heart, why you believe that. Because if you don't know why, then it's probably somebody else's belief that once again, some was pushed into you through some sort of, of lie of one sort of another, and now you're believing it. And now you're parroting a bumper sticker rather than actually truly believing in something. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I was going to interject there with a thought and I kind of lost it, but, um, yeah, maybe I'll think of it later. Uh, <laughs> shoot. It was right there on the tip of my tongue. Uh, let's, let's push on. Cause we got a lot more to talk about and I should, it's, it's, it's worth mentioning that the, um, the topics, open your mind, open your ears and your eyes and your mouth and your heart and your arms are kind of broken into three larger sections that you kind of, in your book, you lay out in sort of a Venn diagram where yeah. one circle is focused on you. One circle is focused on communication and one circle is focused on others. And then where all those overlap is kind of where the, the inner hero resides. Is that right? You know it. 
exactly. And that's, that's who we need to be striving to be is, is that, that hero, not only to our family and to ourselves, but to our communities, our churches. And, you know, I kind of define being that hero, Mark, as somebody who's willing to step up, step above what everybody else is doing with intentionality and surf. And at, in this day and age in which we're living, Mark, it's not that hard. <laughs> well, on one hand, it's not that hard, but on the other hand, it's, it's very hard because it's countercultural. And you have to stand firm, right? Going back to first Corinthians, um, stand firm, uh, be a man and be willing to do the difficult thing, be willing to swim against the tide of where everybody else is going. So again, going back to the, the idea of getting sucked into the lies of how we should be living our lives that are in many times counter intuitive to what God has for our lives. Oh, sure so yeah it's like when you when you talk about it in black and white terms it's like yeah these are the things we need to do it seems pretty easy but applying it in your life is can be kind of hard yeah that's what it says on the cover of the book it says uh, six principles that are easy to implement but difficult to master yep and i think really this whole book is about going back to the foundations you know, just like just like when spring training starting up in baseball, it's catching and hitting and all the simple fundamentals. But if you can't don't have those set in stone, if you're not competent there, if you don't have something to build off of, you're going to make it really difficult to to move forward from there. So this book is said about the fundamentals, about the foundation, the, the basics, the core of who we are, how we communicate and then our people, really. Um, so then from open your mouth, I think is, is really about, um, the responsibility that we have in, in speaking and like any, unlike most things, there's such a drastic difference between what we can do when we open our mouths one moment and what we can do another moment. We can build people up and build such love and such trust and so many good things in one sense, but at the same in the next moment, we can cause so much destruction mm. and so many difficulties and so much hate in the next moment out of exactly the same mouth and out of the exact same same human. And I really think that it's important that we weigh and measure how we speak, when we speak, and what we're speaking about. And I really talk about in, in that chapter about being very clear on what it is that we're trying to say and shorten it up and be brief. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of times wasted in meetings these days of people that don't know what they need to talk about. So they just rattle on and on and on and on and on. Preach, and, preach. <laughs> <laughs> and no, nothing ever comes out of it. And it's yeah. just kind of a, a, a thing that is done because, Hey, we, we need to do this every week or every day or, you know, once a month. And I think that the more clear we can be on and defined on what we want to say and uh, understand why we're saying it and how, how we can be very, very clear in what we're saying. And of course, then it goes back to listening and back to talking and, and these two work together. But um, I think that it's very important that I, in the book, I mentioned that you know, with great power comes great responsibility, that great quote from Stan Lee that we can put on so many different areas. 
And I think that that's, that's the key to opening our mouth. It, it, we can cause so much devastation in such a short amount of time that we need to be very careful with, with how we use it. Yeah. I'm, I don't believe words are violence, but words can cause a lot of, a lot of damage, a lot of hurt that lasts, you know, for a lifetime. And, um, it's one, one thing that I pray for all the time, almost daily is just wisdom and discernment because I'm, I, I so want to say the right things when it comes to, um, my relationship with my wife and how I raise my kids and the, you know, what I can instill in them while they are still a captive audience. And so knowing not what to say, but how to say it and how to say it in the most impactful way. And try to balance that with living in the moment. You want you don't want to be rehearsed, right? And you want to take advantage of the moments that that God gives you, but also like put some thought into the words that you're going to say, and understand how they may be perceived. They're going to be perceived differently from your by your kids than they are your wife, certainly. And then you know when it comes to friends and and extended family, and then that it bleeds into the workplace. It, it just it's a good. Um, approach to communication in general. For sure. For sure. And then from, from there, that, that bridge works its way into the other part, which is really your tribe. And in, in the chapter on open your heart is about the, the vulnerability that we need to have as husbands and fathers within our home. It's become very popular. There's this, to, I think, misunderstand stoicism, or maybe it's understand stoicism. But when you function as a robot it, within your family unit, when you function as having no emotions or holding it all in, you lose something with your family. Mm-hmm. And just like when your son comes home and he's got his head down and, and you can tell he's frustrated or upset about something. It, it serves absolutely no purpose for him when you ask him what's wrong or how did the day go or what's going on. It serves absolutely no purpose for him to say, things are okay, dad. And it's the same for you. When you're feeling down or you're feeling frustrated, or even if you're feeling happy, we need to, within our home, be able to show those feelings to our family. I think it's detrimental that we show those feelings to our family. When we sh- we're human beings, we can show emotion. It's something that's given to us by God to be able to show our frustrations, to have anger, to have happiness, to have joy, to ha- have peace. All of these things are beautiful emotions that God has given us. Of course, we can distort them and we can use them in, in, in wrong ways. But in their purest form, they are good. And they bring a lot of human connection along with those emotions because they're distinctly us. They're distinctly human emotions. So when you come home and you're frustrated and your son asks you what's going on, I think we need to share that. When you come home and you're happy and you got a big smile on your face, I think it's important that we share that. Maybe you're singing a song or maybe you're doing a little, little dance or whatever. I don't care what it is and how you express it, but holding in those emotions and thinking that you are doing your family some sort of service 
by being a robot amongst them, by holding everything in and holding the weight of the world upon your shoulders will lead to you dying on the inside, will lead to you getting crushed by the world and does nothing to demonstrate to your family what it means to be human and what it means to be a father of what it means to be with them in solidarity. And it's not just you in solidarity with your son when he wins wins a baseball game. It's not just you being in solidarity with your wife when when you go to um, go to a a, um, a function with her at work. It's being in solidarity with your family at all times. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're holding a piece of ourselves back, we're not truly being in solidarity. We're not being truthful. We're not being honest. We're not being who we were meant to be around our family. And I think that we set out a a very, very bad um, example for our family of how we should conduct ourselves. And I think that we, our family loses out on so much when we behave that way as well, Mark, they don't get to be frustrated with us. They don't get to be happy with us. They don't get to um, give you that pat on the back or whatever that may mean less to you than it means to them. But we need to do everything that we can to draw that family unit in together, Mm. to strengthen one another, to support one another, to love one another, to care for one another, to show empathy for one another. And if you're trying to create that atmosphere within your family, you've got to be able to exemplify it. Yeah, this is a, a big one for guys, especially, you know, let's just talk about work as an example. It's it's very easy to be at the office or the construction site or what have you all day. Something happens the day you maybe didn't have a good day. Maybe had an argument with the boss, whatever. It's very easy to bring that frustration home. And to your point, I think it's okay to let, let your family know that you're frustrated. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily need to um, demonstrate your frustration because I think there's a balance. You don't want to be stoicism is there's things to be learned there, but like you said, being too robotic, uh, you miss out uh, on a teaching opportunity. At the same time, we don't we don't want to be an emotional hot mess either. So the, I think we need to be somewhere in the middle. But you know, I look at my son, and I think it's good for him to understand the emotions that that come with manhood, and then show him how you deal with those. So like, if you're frustrated, like, buddy, I had a I had a rough day today. I want to play with you, but first I need to go work out at the gym or whatever. And, and here's why, cause I had a bad day and I need to go take some frustration out on the weights. Wh- however you deal with that in a healthy way, I think it's important to model that to your kids, to your family, to show them like, Hey, dad's living life. And today was a rough day. And, and here's how you cope with cope with that. And I think that's a, it's a teaching opportunity. For sure. For sure. And I think that the, the more suppressed you try to keep those emotions, eventually they'll come out. Eventually they come out and they come out. And like you said, it is a hot mess. And you say things probably that you wish you didn't say. You take your frustrations out on people that you shouldn't be taking your frustrations out on because they just happen to be there. Um, but yeah. I think the more you can let off that, that valve of, of frustration, of pressures, of what's going on in your life. And the more that you can allow them to 
draw you that picture when you get home and your young kid draws you that picture and says, Hey dad, I know you had a rough day yesterday. I created this for you. Mm -hmm. It gave him an opportunity to give back to you and gives you an opportunity to reflect back on what's most important to you and why you're going to that struggle each day if that's where you're at yeah how many stories do we see of guys and i i think guys tend to push our feelings down deep because that's what we've been taught that's what guys are supposed to do and like we've been saying that's not necessarily a healthy thing um if if you don't find a way to deal with that and manage with that then how many guys do we know who find ways to cope with it in a in, in an unhealthy way you know yeah. Porn, alcohol, abuse, abusing the ones we love, taking our frustrations out on them. I mean, you see it every day. Yep. It's almost an epidemic. So I think this is a really key point. Yeah, for sure, because there's always going to be an outlet for it. It's you need to control where that outlet is and where it goes and demonstrate a healthy, strong way of dealing with it. But I even think that there are times where it's okay to show your family that you're angry about things because a lot of times anger comes with demonstrating how strongly you believe in something. For sure. Yeah. I think a lot of times our children and even our wife need to know that they have somebody that they can rely on, that they have somebody that strongly believes in what they say they believe in. And if you are not willing to stand up, to raise your voice sometimes, to get frustrated, to show that why you think this is important and you think it's important enough to confront your daughter for what she's doing or your son for what he's doing or your wife for whatever it might be. If you don't believe in them enough, if you don't believe in your family enough, if you don't believe in in yourself enough to actually confront the situation, then you don't really probably have much of a family or much of a relationship with these people anyway. And that's someplace that you need to start doing some evaluation. Mm -hmm. But I think that it it all begins with that suppressing or thinking that it's the right thing to do to suppress. And then we start to say, we become the martyr in the situation, right? Oh, nobody wants to listen to what I have to say. Nobody cares anyway. I just do this. And again, we start those lies to ourselves of nobody really cares. I'm just here to put food on the table. These people don't really love me. If I were to leave, they wouldn't care and those start to bring us down very, very awful, dark paths that we don't want to go on had we just been more cognizant of the fact that, you know what, they do care. They do love you. Don't be afraid to express when you're frustrated or when you think they're going in the wrong direction. Show them that you care. And if that means you got to raise your voice or means that you need to let them know how frustrated you are, disappointed you are in something that they did, then that's what they need to hear. We're all testing our boundaries regularly. We're all finding out where where we're at, how far we can stretch out, what that looks like. And your responsibility as a father is to help maintain those boundaries in a healthy way for everybody around you. And if you don't believe enough in helping them and directing them and maybe showing them that you're frustrated or you're disappointed or that even you're angry about something that they did or something that they said, or the way that they're treating somebody else, then it sets a precedent that you don't really care that it's not very important to you. And 
that's really the opposite of what we're trying to do as fathers and trying to guide and direct and, and, and coach and, and challenge and encourage our children to go in a certain direction. And I think it's, it's, it's a balancing act, like you said, but it's one that we need to be brave enough to embark on. Mm -hmm. For sure. Oh man, as we kind of wind down here, you and I were both fortunate enough to kind of realize the lessons that we've been talking about here before it was too late in life. But I am confident that at some point, somebody's going to listen to this and they're going to shrug their shoulders and be like, nah, I'm good. This doesn't really apply to me when in reality, it absolutely does. So what do you say to guys who are comfortable being comfortable, who, you know, just, they're just going through the motions in all aspects of life and don't see the potential pitfalls that are waiting for them if they don't take action on this stuff. What, what's the one thing that you would say to kind of light a fire under those guys' butts? You know, until you come to the point where you realize that you were meant for more, that you have a bigger purpose to serve in this world, that you were created to, to serve others, and there's a million different ways that you can serve other people but you were put here for a purpose. And that would be my only thing is just to remind you, maybe that's where you're at in your life. And there's a lot of guys that that's, that's where they're going to be for some time until they either hit rock bottom or, or they get frustrated enough, or they they're done with the challenges of whether it's work or whether it's their challenges that they have with play. They have enough challenges right now. They don't need something else. That's all right message maybe isn't for everybody. I think it's for everybody, but not everybody today. But my reminder is that wherever you're at, there is a purpose for you. You were put where you're at for a reason. The the experiences that you've had in your life, the way that you see the world, the wife that you have, the children that you have, where you live, all of these things have accumulated up to make you, you. And you are uniquely you. There's nobody like you that has existed or ever will exist. You are a, a modge podge of experience of what you've read, what you've watched, who you've spoke to, who you've listened to. You are uniquely you, and there is a purpose for you. And that purpose is bigger than you. That import, purpose is important. And that would be my challenge is, Seek out that purpose. And if you need some clarity, you need some help, you want to find, have these foundational building blocks to work on, dig into these six principles. These are foundations. These are building blocks to build off of, to find your purpose, to find clarity in, in where you're going and what your direction is, and to get yourself unstuck because time doesn't stop. Your children don't stop growing up. Your wife doesn't stop changing the world around us doesn't stop changing. And we can sit back sometimes as men and just let everything change all around us. The longer you let that happen, the harder it is to maybe ever catch back up, Mark, and to be able to find yourself back on a level playing field with the world around you. Mm, Good stuff, man. Well, guys, um, definitely check out this book. I think that living out these six life-changing principles will um, define your legacy. So Joe, um, where can people find you online, find your podcast, the book and, and learn more about your coaching that we didn't really touch on, but you do provide coaching. 
Yeah, if you go to heroeswanted.us slash coaching, um, up in the upper right-hand corner, you can get a link to the book. You can get a link to the podcast. And I have a free um, quick guide that you can get there that breaks down and even a little bit better than I did in this podcast, all six of the principles, just a brief overview. And then on that page too, you can find all, all about the coaching program, what I offer, how what it looks like, and even schedule a, um, a strategy call right from there. And my strategy calls really, guys, is to have an opportunity to, just like we've been talking about, evaluate where you are at today in your life where you want to go and work out a strategy to get you from that point A to point B. Because when you're stuck in the mud or you're stuck in the snow and you can be burning a lot of energy and a lot of time pushing on the gas pedal, but sometimes it takes getting out of that vehicle, surveying the surroundings to come up with a better plan. Sometimes you need somebody else there next to you helping you survey what's going on and give you some recommendations for getting that uh, car back on the road and headed where you want to go. So again, that's uh, heroeswanted.us slash coaching. Love it, man. Well, we will link to all that in the show notes. Guys, get out there, take action. Joe, thanks for your work and thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks again for the opportunity, Mark. Very cool to sit down with you and get to have an awesome conversation. Really appreciate what you're doing. Keep it up, brother. Guys, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's conversation, share it with a friend and subscribe to the show so you don't miss future episodes like the one you heard today. And be sure to check today's show notes for all the ways you can stay plugged into the Inspired Legacy, including my free download called Nine Ways to Be a Better Dad. You can sign up for my free weekly devotional called Inspired Inbox. And you can join the private Facebook group, a community of other like-minded men looking to become the best husbands and fathers they can be. So get plugged in. Like, subscribe, leave a review, and help more guys find the show because we need more men battling together for the sake of the next generation. Until next time, live inspired.